You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Come on, church, how good is that? Awesome. Why don't you stand to your feet just for a second, give somebody next to you a high five, tell them how good they're looking as we get ready this morning. How is everybody? There's a few doing well. You're going to let the weather determine that, are you? It's a great day, isn't it? Come on, it's a great day. Awesome. We're in the winter, aren't we? I want to know when the snow's coming. Yeah, I'm going to start this. Alabama's going to let me know when my time is finished. Not forever, but just this morning. So, awesome. Hey, how good is it to be here together? This month is going to be exciting, guys. Um, we're excited about this, this leg of our vision. Really excited about it and hope you are too. Uh, that God has given us a vision that is worth living for, which is incredible. And we want to celebrate some goals. Um, you're going to get one of these at the end of the service that tells you some goals that we've kicked, some new goals we're going to kick for and aim at, but also to tell you what God is doing around the traps and and uh, we'll do that. But we, we can already celebrate some goals that we've kicked, just to name a few. The, a pathway for growth and development has been created. And out of that, 10 new group leaders running V groups are there, which is awesome. Youth, youth is consistently running uh, their target of 50 now. And just the other night, there were 70 young people at youth with 17, 17 brand new teenagers there with two first-time decisions for Christ. We've already baptized 27 people in this calendar year. Uh, the increase of attendance at Northwest is off the charts. When the kids are in, there are no empty seats. They're now getting up around 105 at Northwest, which is awesome. Uh, you know that we purchased the Victory Center absolutely debt-free, and there are already brand new partnerships happening in and through that. Um, and then the influence through Victory Ush is connecting with 450 families in the city, which is incredible. And of course, for Central, we have, we have campus pastors for this campus, which is great. So it's awesome. And they're going to read some more that are going to come out of here. But let me tell you a few things that we're going to aim at in the next 12 months. Um, we're believing for growth. Now, here it is. Attendance in this auditorium averaging, by the end of 2020, averaging 300 per week. Well, in this auditorium and in the children. Let me tell you how that happens. That, ha that doesn't happen by program. It happens by life. You inviting your friends. Anyway, that's a different sermon. Um, we're also believing for the next location or church service that will operate as, a, as another extension of us to reach new people. And I said it the other night and I'll say it again. I believe the leaders are out there already. We're not waiting for someone to come. We're just waiting for somebody to stand up and go, here am I, you know, and, and I'm ready to work with you on that. Youth have a target of 100 a week at Youth Alive, which is good. Uh, we're still looking to secure properties for our campuses, especially for Northwest. We are now beyond capacity there and uh, we need to do something. And 
for influencing the city. We are believing for 20 significant community-impacting partnerships through the Victory Center in the next 12 months. And that's just some of the things we're believing for, which is great. And that's what our giving and our belief and our faith is going to go to because I believe that it is time for victory. It's time for growth. It's time for influence. And, you know, while I was driving the other day, I was thinking about our vision. And a phrase kind of popped into my mind. And I believe it was God. And and I will say this. I, I kind of believe it's prophetic for you, for us at this moment. And it was the phrase that said, it's your time. Not just that it's time, it's your time. It's not only time for victory, it's time for you. It's time. And then the Holy Spirit brought to mind a scripture that kind of where this is modeled in the life of Esther. Who loves Esther? I know the Ashleys love Esther, literally. Uh, But you named her after this heroine of the faith. I love the story of Esther because it shows God's faithfulness to his people, listen, even when they are not faithful. What you don't know about the backdrop to the story of Esther is this. It happened at the same time as Nehemiah and Ezra. They took a remnant of people out of captivity or out of Babylon and went back into Palestine and started rebuilding the temple so the people of God could once again worship according to the way God wants them to worship. But the vast majority stayed in Babylon because they'd gotten comfortable. Interesting. And in their unfaithfulness to step out again in faith to the calling of God, to the covenant that He had given to them, they stayed where it was comfortable, which is interesting. And then you get this story where Haman decides, don't like these people. I'll tell you, anybody that ever rises up against the Jewish people has a, a, a fatal thing stamped across their forehead. Haman rises up and says, we're going to rid the world of these people once and for all. We're going to exterminate them. And so Mordecai and Esther, and a lot of people don't realize this also, is that Esther wasn't the most faithful at this time. She was comfortable. She was now queen of a great empire. She, she didn't want to do anything. She wanted to stay at home. She wanted to live where it's, where it's comfortable. And Mordecai, her uncle, approaches her and says, hey, you need to rise up and you need to speak out for God's people. Of all people, you need to do something. And it takes us to chapter 4, verse 14. And I want to highlight a couple of things out of that this morning. It's going to be the shortest sermon you ever hear me preach. Because I'm already halfway finished. Shortest sermon I ever preached was 12 minutes. It was the first sermon I ever preached when I was 18 years old. I'd been born again for six months. There's about 100 teenagers there. And I thought, right. I'm telling you, if I'd have eaten lunch before I preached, it would have all just backed up on me. And, uh, and I got up and preached, and you think I'm fast now. Oh, my goodness. It was like a machine gun. I told them everything I knew in 12 minutes. 12 minutes, Simon. And I thought, wow, how pathetic was that? And then all of a sudden, about 75 youth were down dedicating their lives to God. And I knew, hey, there's something in this. So, Ezra chapter 4, verse 14. Mordecai is challenging his niece. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And this is the famous phrase a lot of people know. Yet who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. 
And you know, throughout Scripture, both Old and New Testament, when the word time is used, it carries two meanings. One, it means a point in time, time on the clock. But number two, it means an occasion or an opportunity in time. And, and Mordecai means that both ways here. Not only was it the right time in history for Esther to act, she had the opportunity to act. In other words, she was in the right place in time to act. I think God wants to say something to each of us out of this. I think He wants to say to us, it's your time. You are here for such a time as this. Both on the clock and the opportunity that comes in this time. You are here for this. And what it says is this, vision is a time for you to be vocal and active. A lot of times people go, yeah, but you're the visionary. You got to do it. You got to carry it. Can I give you a secret? While I'm happy to help do it, I bring it. I don't do it all. I get it from God, and then I scatter it like seed. And the ground that's ready to receive it is the one that will grow fruit. And I believe God's saying, you need to be that kind of ground. You, you need to be a person who is going to be active and going to be vocal about vision, what God is doing, what you see God is doing. If you go back to uh, verse 14, let me highlight something. If you keep quiet at a time like this. I believe we're living in a time in this nation unprecedented in the, in the history of this country. Never before has a spirit-filled uh, person been appointed to the highest office in this land. I mean, it came out of the blue. They, they're talking words that are biblical words. This is a miracle. I don't believe it's just for our prime minister. I believe it's for the house of God, the people of Australia, and even the nations around us. How can you stay quiet at this time? Anyway, I'm preaching. But here's the deal. There's evidence that Esther was being unresponsive during this time. There is clear evidence. She slipped into the palace. She's living in opulence. She is spoiled. And all of a sudden, her uncle goes, what are you doing? You're too comfortable. Listen, it's dangerous to be passive at a time like this. People are going to perish, but so will you. You're going to miss what God's going to do. Did you know sometimes safety and comfort can often be the enemy of vision? And with all my heart, I believe we are strategically placed here for such a time as this. And it's a time for us to see this, to get passionate about the opportunity in front of us and act. You know, the stats came out not long ago about the state of the church in Lake Macquarie. Population is going this way. Church population is going that way. That's the hard, cold facts. But that's not according to God and His plan. You know, he wants to turn this around. Remember, these people are in captivity and they're unfaithful. And God says, but I'm still going to be faithful to my promise. And how can you stay silent at a time like this? Listen, people, it's not a time to be lulled into silence by our comfort. Yeah, we got our comfortable building and our comfortable seats. And don't look around at how many people are here. Look around at how many people still need to be reached. We need to see it and we need to do something about it. I like what Dr. Miles Monroe, Dr. Miles Monroe, amazing man of God, um, incredible Christian leader from the Bahamas. He and his wife were tragically taken home to heaven in a, in a plane crash a few years ago. He was a statesman of the faith across the world. And he said this, vision is a desire. 
initiative gets it accomplished. He, he lived and he died according to that, that statement. And I'm asking you, can you not just get it in your heart, but also get it in your hands, your feet, your mouth, do something with it? Because our vision isn't just about getting a picture or a dream. It's equally important that each of us believe, hey, it's, it's our time. It's our time. It is our time for growth and influence and to act on this. It, it can't be done just by a handful of people. How can we keep silent at a time like this? The nation is at a tipping point. And I believe God has just put his finger under the watershed and goes, I'm going to tip it my way. Watch what I do in the election. So why is he not going to do it in the house of God? So, my second and last point. Vision is a time for expanding your effectiveness. He goes on and he says this in verse 14. Now, I want to focus on something. Deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. Here's what I want you to focus in on. This isn't just about one little family, a few people. This is about a nation, a people. He said, can you see this, Esther? Can you get a vision of this? Will you do something about this? What you don't realize because, uh, because of the cultural difference is she to take that initiative and act on that initiative. It was literally to take her life in her hands before the king and to come in uncalled and say, I've got a message for you and a request from you that he could have easily been in a bad mood like he was with his previous wife and said, off with her head. She knows this. So it's not just coming out of comfort to uncomfortable, but to risk. Vision always has a risk or it's not worth living for. And this, this response to the call wasn't limited to her. Lift your eyes. It's like her uncle saying, lift your eyes, Esther. God put you here for a reason. And this is it. And you know, over the years after presenting vision, and I've been doing it here for nearly 24 years. Um, I've had people come to me and say, so what's in the vision for me? I, I can understand that a little bit. You, you want to know. There's a part of me that understands, but then there's another part of me that can't help but think, can't you see beyond yourself? Can't you see this is more than just you and your family? Can't you see the big picture? This is about a people, a church, a city. We have deliberately since 1999 talked about a city-influencing church, not just, hey, we're going to take care of ourselves. And I'll tell you, this kind of vision is not for the faint-hearted or the self-focused ones. And if each of us could hear this call out of the text, and who knows, but you have come to royal position such a time as this. You're royalty. You're in a position of authority and influence, whether you, whether you know it or not. You can trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome everything the enemy does. You can influence at the highest level. If you'll just see it. Who knows? God knows you're where you are right now for this. You're royal. Live like it. And if we'd lift our eyes and see where God's placed us and the possibility in front of us, we could impact this city and beyond for the kingdom of God. So, um, this is kind of the leg. You good? You tired? I forgot you were there. It's, it's so smooth and you, you play so well. 
Come on, give me a little bit more. But I'm not going to sing like T.D. Jakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, man. Can't you see this thing? Enough. Somebody come up here and wipe my brow with a towel. Big man sweating like a grease pig at a wine luau. Thank you. Okay, enough fun. It's all fun. Thank you. Give him a hand. He's awesome. Um, I'm going to ask Janet and Nate and Rach to come up and stand with me in this campus. We're going to do the same with, with uh, Darren and Beck at the next one. So we've got to run when we finish here in a minute and do the same at the other part of our church. They're going to be with us in a couple of weeks as we have our festival and giving time. So just the backstory. Come on up, guys. Um, is that all right? Got room? Just a backstory. You know, as the visionary of victory, um, you know, if you've been tracking around for a while, I went through a brutal remaking. And I can remember when I went through that, it all started uh, way back, and I don't need to go through the history, but it, it literally started remaking me for good from the inside out. But when I first faced it, I didn't know I would come out. Uh, but as a result, victory's been reshaped. Now, not everybody like that. Not everybody knows it's their kind of church. But we know that God started pouring out new wine. In other words, it's more important who we are than what we do. Now, not that we shouldn't do, but if we don't do what we do out of the the security that we are royalty, then what we're doing is striving to make kingdom things happen in our own strength. Well, that's the way I lived for 30-something years, thinking God liked it. So God started pouring out new wine, but right now it's time for a new wineskin. We've actually had prophesied from amazing people, including the leader of our movement, Pastor Phil, just out of the blue about God is doing a new thing at Victory and he's he's creating a new wineskin. It will even lead the way for for our churches, which is awesome. And, uh, And when I got this leg of the vision, it's time for growth, time for influence, I got that over a year ago when people are saying, what's next, what's next? And, and I've got all this in the background, you know, pieces of a puzzle coming together. I knew the Lord was moving us into a new season. New wine, new wineskin, new growth, new influence. And as we stepped into this season of vision, you know, being a life-giving church, empowered by the Spirit to influence our city and beyond for the kingdom of God, it's not just time for growth and time for influence, but it's also time for transition, for change. Let's just sit on that word for a second. Um, I'm not afraid of that word because I've seen change happen in such a way that it is so good, so positive, so awesome. I I get excited by some change, a lot of change. So the transition really is for for me and Janet to start with as the visionaries. And I've been wrestling. You could see Keith's kind of like, he's on this this roller coaster kind of thing. And I've been wrestling with this for some time, quite some time now. And, uh, and like, God, what are you saying in this time? What are you doing in this time? And, yeah, God, i just got so much in me that I know still has got to come out and I want to do and everything. And, and it's been confirmed to me in a number of ways over the past few months. Before we went to America, I'm wrestling with all this stuff. And so I just started writing down, God, what did you bring us to Australia for? We didn't come here to be grey nomads for a lifestyle. Now, if you want to do that and you want to get in a van and travel the country Um, you know, that's your privilege and good on you, but that's just not us. We didn't come for holidays and we didn't come for retirement. We came for revival and for the kingdom of God. And and to veer away from that is to stop living for what we came for and who we are. 
And so I went back to that, and then all of a sudden we went to America, and we came back getting ready for presents. I wrote down some notes, and at presents, every one of the points that God said, these are your non-negotiables, this is what you're here for, got confirmed at presents, either through sessions or conversations, which was awesome. Um, and, and some of that means to step into an apostolic style of ministry that releases us to be out there on mission, doing what God has called us to do. We are mission at heart. Yeah. That's why we're here. And uh, I'm not here to build a church. I, I hate to, I'm sorry, I've been deceiving you for a number of years. But I'm actually here on mission. Um, I'm here to see the church built in this yeah, nation. Right. And uh, I mean, I love victory with all my heart, and I can't think of a better church to be at. But this releases us. When you think apostolic, people started prophesying that over us, I don't know, in the early 2000s. And you go, golly, I'm not like Paul. I don't have that power. I don't have that position. What they forget, though, is a vital part of the apostolic. The verb apostello literally means one who is sent on a commission. And we want, to, we want to expand that. We want to be released in that. We want to spend the fourth quarter of our ministry uh, doing what God called us to do in Australia and not be limited. Now, in saying that, there's no, there's no job description for that. That's very unnerving, particularly for a guy who likes his ducks in a row. Anyway, so after nearly 40 years of leadership and ministry, we want to get released to mentor and coach the generations for a lifelong calling. Too many aren't making it. Too many aren't, aren't staying strong. Too many are casualties. 50 to 60% of the pastors in Australia are either showing signs of burnout or on their way to burnout. In America, 95% of those who start out in pastoral ministry don't make it to retirement. 95%. That needs to be shifted in Jesus' name. So let me read to you a letter that Janet and I have got, and then I'll get Janet to say a few things, and then get Nate and Rach to say a few things, and then we're going to get somebody else to speak, and we're going to go have coffee and tea. Anyway, <laughs> there's a letter from us on the back of what you're going to get to explain transition. So how about I just read it? It'll be quicker. Since 2014, Victory's been on a journey through which God has been developing and producing new wine. Along the way, he has strengthened Victory, both as individuals and campuses, and redefined our approach in the community. As we look back, we recognize that a part of this journey has been a transition, just as victory has been on a journey, so too have we. When responding to the call to Australia, our purpose was to build the church, advance the kingdom, preach the word, and make disciples. Just a side note, we didn't come as senior pastors, we didn't come as church planters, we came to serve the Australian church as an associate. As a matter of fact, I never thought I would be and never wanted to be a senior <laughs> pastor. I saw that job and I was glad for other people to have it. And God said, no. No. Out there you go. And I got thrust into it. Literally got thrust into it. But once I got out there, I thought, I'm not going back. Anyway, uh, now we're stepping into a new phase of our purpose. We're convinced that in order for us and victory to flourish, it's time for a new wineskin to be formed. And to achieve this, uh, God gave us this piece of the puzzle just several weeks ago. And we said, wow, Janet on the car home from presence. I'd love to claim it as faith, but Janet got it. And then we had an argument because she got it first. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, yeah, it seems good to us in the Holy Spirit. And then I went and shared with the board and they said, seems, isn't it always the way? Wives just always love to tell us they're right. Um, anyway, um, and it's a little piece to the puzzle that we go, yeah, this is right. 
And it just was good. And so we are appointing lead pastors who will take over the whole operational leadership and work alongside us to make victory be what it's meant to be. And we've been praying and seeking God for the right people. Now, what you don't know, again, the backstory to this, we have been talking, we have been dreaming, we've been praying about who since 2013. I didn't tell you that because I knew you'd fire me. <laughs> um, not true, not true. Um, and I remember we did the first D group in our home uh, back in 20, beginning 2013. I think it's the first night. They walked out. Uh, all the couples walked out. And Janet focused on one couple and said, you think they're the ones to take up the leadership from us? And I went, don't be stupid. <laughs> I'm a typical male thing. Don't be stupid. I, I, they're called elsewhere. <laughs> We're just training them. Keith's wrong again. And so, um, the transition says it's with great excitement and faith that we announce pastors Nate and Rachel Welburn as lead pastors of Victory starting next month. <laughs> now, um, they'll say something in a second. Um, they'll say something in a second and you can read the rest of our letter to you. I want to get Janet to say something but it's a transition of leadership, not relationship. We're still the senior ministers and the visionary carriers, but not the leaders in operations and making it happen. It is time for a new generation who have energy, who have initiative, who have passion, who have a calling to take this thing and say, we do believe God has a purpose for it. And we've watched these guys fall in love with you in an incredible way. And this city in an incredible way, in such a way that they're saying, we're going nowhere. We're here to make it happen. And we knew they're the ones. And so, um, it, so the board members have been awesome in walking this journey through with Janet and I for a number of years. We've been mapping this out, which you don't know. In the old system where we came from, I'd just stand up here and go, I'm finished. I'll be gone in three months. Hope you find the right person. I'm serious. That's how it worked. And then I'd go recycle myself somewhere else. True. So you start back. I start back. We don't forge ahead. In the new victory years ago, the board was smart. We sat down and said, all things being well, we will do this as a succession because success is found in good succession and you will be able to choose your successors, which is awesome. And so um, that's the way it's happening. Oh, did you want to say something before yeah, Nathan Rach do? Yeah, just um, I've, we've had a, uh, our leaders, you know, asked us or asked me, well, what do you think about it all? Well, I think it's awesome. You know, um, there's scriptures, and I don't have time, when, um, about the spirit of Caleb. And for those of us who, who are over 55. On the other side. Yes, we, we have that spirit of Caleb. Yeah. And, and we are running the race as, in a different way, but just as hard. And, and so we're excited. I'm excited. When people ask me, I say, I'm excited. One of these days, no, one of these days, I know, it's your time, I know. If, when it's my time, it'll have to be, um, what is it, Yankee Doodle Dandy. I know, I don't like it either. <laughs> but anyway, I'm really excited for Pastors Nate and Rach and for Pastors Darren and Beck. And, and as I was in, um, yesterday, actually, just thinking about everything and about for today, and um, I went back to that, that scripture that 
we've always talked about that was our life, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I won't go and read all of that, but I, I wrote, read all the way down through to 10. And I just felt, I just want to read the last couple of things that I felt God say to me. And he says, uh, you have, and this is myself talking to the Lord and him, you know, talking to me. And it says, you have our future as you had our past yeah. and as you have our present. I rest, and I, I, you know I like details, but I can rest in this. It is right. It is time. And as I have said many times, God is in control. Jesus is on the throne, and he loves me. And that hasn't changed. And so I'm excited, and I know you are excited, yeah. what God has. Where, like Keith said, we're, we're still the visionary leader, but how awesome of what we have on our future. There's a, there's a lot, of, uh, lot of things that will come out. A lot of things will come out of how does this work? How does that work? What does that mean? But, but uh, you know, and we'll talk about that as time goes on. But right now, it's just to catch the vision. And, and Graham will talk about that on behalf of the board. The vision to, for us to transition and be released to do what God's called us to do. For you as a church to have the right leadership at the helm to grow. And to, and to influence this city for the kingdom of God. Nate, why don't you uh, say a few things? Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Pastor Keith <laughs> and Pastor Janet. Uh, and, and also, thank you for uh, the applause and the cheers. The silence would have been <laughs> awkward, so greatly appreciate that. Um, I want to first take the opportunity to, uh, as I've done a couple of different stages in which we've shared this announcement, I want to honour um, our senior ministers. Uh, I want to honour Pastor Keith and Janet. Um, they're, they're, they're actually incredible, as you would know, but uh, Rachel and I get the privilege of seeing uh, probably a little closer into their lives, having done the journey with them now for uh, carry the, one, uh, the best part of six years since we came back from London in 2013, and uh, they have progressively uh, led us further and further into their world and into their lives, and I, I, I get the privilege uh, of standing here honouring them from the position uh, really of a spiritual son. Uh, and that's a level of relationship that we have, and that's a level of relationship that we aim to maintain throughout uh, what is this transition. Um, relationship to us is paramount, and uh, I want to honour the way in which they've gone into uh, this journey. Uh, it takes a very brave um, and someone who is incredibly secure that God has them uh, to step out of what they've known, um, to, to lead in a way that creates space underneath you guys for people to grow into. Um, and I want to honour you for your honesty, vulnerability, um, and belief in Rach and I. Uh, so can we honour our senior ministers this morning? Yeah, come on. Australians often aren't championed when it comes to honour, but I tell you, the church is different. Uh, we know how to honour, we know how to show honour, um, and I, I can guarantee you as we walk out this transition, uh, honouring uh, our senior ministers will be paramount, and it will look significant, and it will look like something that all of you are involved in, uh, and that's exciting. I also want to honour the board uh, of our church, um, and sometimes they, 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 they may not get 
known. They may not get uh, to be on the platform, but I tell you, they are some of the wisest, uh, godliest, uh, in tune with the Holy Spirit people yeah, that yeah. I've ever met. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, the way in which they have done this journey has been incredible, uh, both in the way that they have encouraged Rachel and I into the calling that they see on our lives, but also the way in which they have managed time. Pastor Keith talked about time. There is a right time. Uh, scripture talks about at the right time, Jesus came. There was many opportunities prior to that, many opportunities beyond that, but God had a timeline. And sometimes uh, it means protecting people from running too quickly. Um, and sometimes it, it means nudging people from going too slow. And that has been something that the board has had to manage and they've done an incredible job doing that, protecting yeah. Rach and I, encouraging us. And so I just want to honour the board. Yeah. Um, Maybe you could stand so people might, might be able to look around. They know who you are. Uh, our board is awesome. Sorry, the board. The board stand. Sorry, guys. I'm going to work on my clarity and communication. <laughs> Let's not undermine how blessed we are to have the board we have. Uh, yeah. They're amazing, amazing Absolutely. group of people. Um, uh, I guess in, in response, um, I really want to paint a picture, uh, a picture of where, where we're at with this whole journey. Uh, and, and the picture I've had the whole time is, is the picture of a relay race uh, where there comes a time to hand, hand the baton of, of the race uh, to the next person. And there is always a season in, in that race uh, where both people are in the box and both people have their hand on the baton, um, and, and one, person, uh, the, the, one person looks to be slowing and the other looks to be speeding up. But the most important thing in that season is that the baton changes effectively. Yeah. That the yeah. baton is not dropped. No one is worrying about pace at that point in time. No one is worried about uh, necessarily where things are heading, so much as being concerned that the baton is changed successfully so that the race goes on. Yeah. Um, and right now as a church, that is why this is a part of our vision. You know, we could have done this uh, along the way, but we said, no, this is critical enough in the future of our church, that where our church is heading, the purpose that's on our church, to make this key within our vision so that our whole church comes on the faith journey of making sure that the baton is changed effectively. Yeah. That's right. So uh, as we journey along this period of transition, keep that picture in mind. When you have questions about how, the answer may be, we're not entirely sure. Or it might be, well, it's both and at the moment. And, and we're going to play that out in some great conversations. And that's why relationship is paramount. Yes. Um, and, and the last thing I want to say is, is something that Pastor Keith mentioned. Huh? I just want to unpack huh? that. And that is that this is not a transition of relationship. Uh, it's a transition in leadership. We recognize that Pastor Keith and Janet uh, represent, as they do to us, to many of you, uh, a mother-father figure in the faith. Uh, they have relationship that has been built over 20 years with people. Uh, and in no way are Rachel and I looking to come in and try to transition that relationship. In fact, we would hope that relationship is able to be released into a stronger space. Uh, whether now as mum and dad, as coach, as mentor, they can be speaking into lives without carrying the responsibility, the pressure, uh, the, the things that come with needing to have your eye on the leadership direction, the drive, and those sorts of things required to keep the, the, the church as a body moving forward. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to release Pastor Keith and Janet into uh, being able to be all that they can within that relational space with everybody. Right. 
Uh, so please know we're not going to try to be mum and dad, but we are going to come alongside you and go, hey, we have a race to run. Let's do this. Right. Let's run into all that God has for this church. There yeah. is another season. There is a newness. God is the God of the new. There's a new day every day. I woke up this morning like it's another new day. God has given us a new thing again. And we have a future and we have a purpose and we're going to run hard into that thing. Yes. We're going to believe that the come things on. that God has said over this church are going to come to pass yeah. in bigger and in greater uh, ways than we've That's ever right. seen it before. That's right. And I tell you, I do have a drive. And Rachel and I, we, we do have an energy to see this happen. Come on, Because uh, we believe that our best days are in front yeah. of us. Yeah. And I tell you, we are set up for incredible success. We've got the support and the wisdom. We've got the umbrella over us. But we've been released to run hard. Right. And so we want to encourage every person in this congregation to be on that train to be in that car because we're moving, we're going somewhere as a church Come on. Yep. and we firmly believe that. I'd like to invite Rach awesome. if you'd like to say anything. I mean, you, t- you took the words right out of my mouth. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Just put them back in. Yes. No, I'd love to reiterate, um, oh, no, don't go back there. Reiterate what you said about Pastors Keith and Pastor Janet. We, we love our pastors like you wouldn't believe. We have so much respect for them, uh, so much honour, and the way that they have believed in us and encouraged us and, like, you know, given us that push when we've needed it, we needed it. And these guys have been so incredible. So let me just tell you, church, as leaders, you can never give enough honour. You can never give enough gratitude because leadership comes with all sorts of stuff, doesn't it? And let me tell you, they get their fair share, but the gratitude and the honour can never outweigh. And so today we want to honour you and we want to show you our thanks and our appreciation for the 20 years, 20 plus years that you have sown into the, almost 25, of years that you have sown into us, into this city, into this church. Um, And our aim is to to keep running with that and to keep going. Secondly, I wanted to say too that um, uh, what was that again that you uh, that I prepared earlier? You didn't tell me. No, well, you took the words. No, in actually, it, I remember. We are we're in it together, and um, I actually love what Pastor Keith was saying before about this vision and making it personal. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not us and it's not them and it's not all of you it's all of us together that's right you know the bible yep. talks about one putting a thousand to flight two putting ten thousand yeah, to flight how right. many can a few hundred put to flight that's right Absolutely. you know and i encourage you church make this vision personal there is Come something on. in here that you can grab a hold of that you can run with and i'm telling you now nate and i we're ready to run that's great get your sneakers because we're gonna run i might need to buy a new pair of nikes maybe maybe after the baby okay but find, some, there is a part for each and every one of us to play in this. Don't get left behind because we're moving. Get on the bus. Right. Don't let those doors close on you. We're moving. And we're so excited for the future of this church. We yeah, know it's got on. incredible things. You know, there are people in this city that still have never heard the gospel. Yeah. Right. We live in Newcastle, Australia. Come and there on. are people in our city that have never heard the gospel. And it's our job, it's our mandate from heaven to reach these people, to reach a city that is lost, to see our churches filled across this city, to see connect group, V groups flourishing and thriving, to see our community centre thriving, full of the lost. So we're ready. I hope you are ready. If not, get ready. Get your sneakers. Awesome. And you said you didn't want to preach. No, I don't. Come on. 
I think that'll change. I think that'll change. Um, just so many great things. Uh, you know, you just keep praying for all of us. Um, we're not sure how that works out for us every step of the way because we're not, as traditionally, we're not stepping into a job. We're, we're being released into our role, calling, and passion and what that means. And, and everything that I really sense God say to me a couple of weeks ago, that's your sweet spot. Don't compromise that. And you do that. I'm going, yep, how? <laughs> and he hasn't said yet. So keep praying for us. That's not clear. But what, what is clear is what it is, just not how to do it yet. But what is clear is not only what it is here, but how to do it here uh, for you guys. And that's awesome. So pray for us. People have asked, well, what does uh, Darren has been around probably the longest as a pastor uh, with us. He started training at the beginning of 2000, he and Beck. What do they think about this? Surely they're next in line. And that's what you would naturally think. But the kingdom of God doesn't work according to natural order. And, uh, and, and Darren's got his own... Uh, way to talk about this, not me, and we're going to do that. We're going to look at the screen. Uh, he's going to do that. Both of them are going to do that with us over there, and Beck's going to speak on behalf of the board. She's on the board, but you need to hear from his heart. He shared this with the leaders the other night, so why don't we turn our attention to the screen and watch Pastor Darren. Hey, Central Campus. How you going? Uh, we just wanted to say that everything that you've just heard, this awesome announcement about our vision and about our future, uh, Beck and I are 100% on board with this. We think it is such an awesome thing for our church. We're excited about the new lead pastor role that um, Pastor Nate and Rachel are taking on. Yeah. This is certainly not something that we feel gifted or called to. And we're yeah. really thrilled for the future of Victory and where we're headed. Yeah, we think uh, it's, the, it's such a good thing for the whole church. It's a great thing for Pastor Keith and Janet yeah. and also for Pastors Nate and Rach. And uh, yeah, we're pumped yeah. to see what our future's gonna yeah. bring. Thanks. Awesome. And they're real champions, amazing champions. Now, I'm gonna invite uh, Graham Clothier. He's our chairman of the board, has been longest serving board member, been with me for a long time on the board through a lot of changes. Let me share one verse and then I've got to get in the car and go. Um, most people know the Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. He's not talking about lost people going to hell. He's talking about when the people of God don't hear and see what God's doing, they don't live right. That's literally, and I want to read it to you in the message because really what I think is critical now is that you don't just see this, you then begin to act on this. The message version says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, there's revelation, there's vision, they are most blessed. That word also means fortunate. You want to live a blessed life? Then get on the plan with what God's doing. Am I on? Yes, I'm on. You are. Thank you. Thanks, Pastor Keith. So what you've probably gathered by now that none of this is a surprise to the board because the conversation's been happening for some time now. And uh, when Pastor Keith and, and, and a little bit later Janet started talking with us and it started a conversation at board level. And the conversation sort of started a bit like this. I see a time when, and then there are all sorts of um, ideas and nebulous concepts that didn't quite make 
a lot of sense at that time, other than we knew that God was doing something. So we had a lot of questions, we had a lot of possibilities and not a lot of clarity. But over time, we've started to see that there are actually three intersecting, interrelated journeys. So there's the journey that you've heard from Pastor Keith and Janet. There's the journey of the church, which has been articulated uh, just now. And there's the journey for Nate and Rach. So from a board perspective, we started to see that all of these three journeys were interrelated. So what is God doing in victory? Now, uh, we're seeing this from the perspective of the prophetic. In other words, seeing where God is moving to, not where we are. So over the last 20 to 30 years, and I've been in this church, okay, and I've been in this church for about 24 years now, uh, we have seen many uh, prophecies. Um, one of the key images has been that victory is the head of the spear. In other words, we break ground, we do something new, we do things that other churches haven't done, and that creates an environment where change occurs across the kingdom. Now, that has been part of the DNA of this church. Now, interestingly, in the last few years, we've had a refresh of those words. Sometimes the specific words have been used, sometimes the intent of those specific words have been used. So as a board member, I'm sitting there thinking, hmm, that's still part of our calling as a church. That hasn't gone away. And so in the last five years, as Pastor Keith and Janet have shared, we've been going through a process of being made new in our own heart. Well, what does that mean? It means that we've had a refresh of what we think our identity is and where we work from. That means that we work from a position of knowing who we are, not what we want to project or appearance. So it's not so much about the appearance, but who we are in substance in here. So that has been happening for us as a church. So it's not so much about the presentation and the show, although we don't mind those things but they are not the core of who we are. They come from who we are. So we are, as a church, moving in this journey. We now believe that this is the time to launch from that. And I firmly believe as we work through the Victory Centre and how that's how it worked, and some of you will be called into working specifically in that space, we couldn't have done that without this remaking of our heart as the church. I don't think we could have done it five years ago. So what has God been doing in Keith and Janet? Well, he's already shared. There's been a reaffirmation of his call, the central tenets, the non-negotiable call that are on Keith and Janet's life. And that's about being in that mission space. Uh, and he did talk about it, but we know from a broad perspective, there is a sense of the apostolic. We know that Keith is good at raising up leaders. We know that he's good at speaking into other situations. There's a whole number of churches in Southeast Asia that weren't there before Keith was asked to go into that space. And we know that those relationships are based upon his authority and Janet's authority because he's good at ministry, he's good at teaching, he's good at leadership training, he's good at raising up leaders and he's good at speaking into current leaders. Now, when he came to Australia... Fresh out of college, a lot of enthusiasm, a sense of great call on his life. Four decades later, he's got four decades of experience. So he's in the top 5% of people that have made it that far. So we have a special person in Keith and Janet. Right? 
that special person is part of the kingdom of God and I believe as a board that we need to release that to be more available, not just for ourselves, but for the other parts of the kingdom of God that need it. And that means we need to release them from the operational leadership roles. And they move into their sweet spot, which is coaching, mentoring, that apostolic leadership, that teaching the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That is the sweet spot for the next quarter of their ministry life. So what has God been doing in Nate and Rachel? Now, as a board, we've had the opportunity to observe and to interact. We've seen God raising them up as a couple with a great heart and great capacity. And I think you're starting to see that now. Now, when I'm in the business world, and I know, and I've done this myself, you often choose great capability first for a position. And then you start to think about the character and the heart. But in this situation, the heart is really, really important. And we have the capability as well. That's what the board is seeing. We have a great combination of those things and a great relationship that exists uh, between our pastors Keith and Janet and Nate and Rach. So we see this is the right time for them to step up. And it's the right time for them to step up, not as senior ministers, and we're not saying that, but as lead, lead pastors, into a greater operational oversight across all of what Victory is doing, not just central campus. So uh, recently, and a few weeks ago, the exec board got together and we came to a unanimous view that was good to us in the Holy Spirit that prophetically, we believe that we're moving into this season of transition. Now, this requires faith because not all the details are worked out. And it's a journey, but it's a journey we do together. So prophetically, we're believing in this season of transition that we will see a releasing of Pastors Keith and Janet to a different role, still with us, but sent out from us on occasions and returning to us on occasions. Still with us to coach and mentor what's going on in victory, but sent out to us on occasions and returning to us on occasions. What that looks like, time will tell. We're also seeing prophetically and believing in this season of transition, a release for Nate and Rach to rise up into increased leadership and oversight of the C3 victory of the whole church. And we're also believing that this transition releases us as a church into increase in growth and influence. What tremendous opportunity we have to influence. Sometimes uh, the cost of influence is releasing some of your best people. So that doesn't mean you lose your best people. It just means that part of the cost of releasing your best people is that you provide an expansion, a development, some insight into some other area of the kingdom of God. So this is part of our faith step. As, and so, church, I invite you, from a board perspective, we're unanimous, I invite you to participate in this faith journey um, with us. And I'm available for questions um, after the, we finish church. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.